When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to cover the Jets' year-end press conferences. So you get to hear from Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and a bunch of the players today at Florham Park. To talk about it with us, our friend who covers the Jets for JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, what's up, brother? You know, I, I did a show a few minutes ago, Scott, and I hate to say it, but I feel relief. The season's over. I'm in a good mood. I don't have to watch this team, you know, bumble away any more games this year. Hopefully it's a different story next season. But, yeah, we all year we look forward to football season. And by week 10, I can't wait for it to be over. Well, I have bad news for you, Glenn. Uh-oh. While fortunately the season has come to an end, unfortunately, many of the people on the coaching staff who helped make this a miserable season in the first place are going to be back. Because when Robert Salas spoke, he said he expects all three coordinators to be back. Okay, no big surprise there. Ulbrich did a good job. And Nathaniel Hackett is Aaron Rodgers' best buddy, so he wasn't going anywhere. But also said he's not planning staff changes. And then, of course, there were reports from multiple reporters claiming that Todd Downing, the passing game coordinator, and Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, two of the guys that were the most embattled, are both not going anywhere. Salas said some guys may get opportunities elsewhere, but it sounds like He's not planning to get rid of anybody. Another example of Robert Sala potentially being inflicted with what I like to call Rex Ryan disease, where he's more concerned with being liked than doing what needs to be done. Sala also said he's been studying the offensive line's injuries over the last six weeks in an attempt to prevent them at the forefront of my mind, he said, when talking about the offensive line injuries. Not sure how he's going to prevent them other than doing something with the strength and conditioning staff and changing up the routine. But he said he doesn't anticipate any changes, so I don't really know what there is to do beyond that. 
Salad dodged a question on whether 2024 is a playoff or bust season for him. He said he's going to approach the season that way, but he approaches every season assuming he needs to make the playoffs. Salah said he's not looking for a pity party, but this has been one of the most trying seasons of his career. Obviously, the Rodgers injury and all the injuries to the offensive line and the different players along the line throughout the season were factors into that. He said they exercised some demons, but not enough demons. Salah also said that he thought Keith Carter did a, quote, really good job, noting that Carter had to deal with a lot of moving parts. Glenn, it makes me wonder what Salah would consider a really bad job if what Keith Carter did is a really good job. A couple of other notes from when Salah spoke said his expectations for Aaron Rodgers will be the same in 2024 because Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. It doesn't matter whether he's 40 or next year when he turns 41 and will be coming off an Achilles tear. Defended Alan Lazard saying that his story with the Jets isn't over yet and guaranteed Lazard would have a better 2024. Yeah, no kidding, would be tough to do worse than what Lazard did in 2023. And also, what choice do the Jets have? If they cut Alan Lazard, it's a $19 million cap hit. If they keep him, it's $12 million. You don't need to be a mathematical genius to understand that equation. Said that it's important to get Garrett Wilson some help at wide receiver. I think we all acknowledge that, whether it's in the draft or in free agency. Also, by the way, doesn't necessarily have to be a receiver. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Brock Bowers could obviously be a possibility. So, Salah didn't tell you a lot that you didn't already know, but he did frustrate you with some more platitudes. And of course, the fact that he hinted that there's going to be no coaching changes unless other guys choose to go somewhere else. That's alarming considering how poorly the offensive coaching staff performed this year. Yeah, and I got to tell you, uh, my favorite quote, uh, Scott, I'll touch on real quick, was uh, Robert Salah standing up there with his his 17 and 33 lifetime record saying that this is a results-based business, having been guaranteed he'd be back next year. Um, I I don't disagree that it should be a results-based business, but clearly in his case, it's not about the results and they're, you know, they're, they're giving him another free pass. So Salah, it's funny that you said what you said or the, the quote about, um, about downing and the way you worded it with Rex, because I actually liked Rex a lot. And you're right in what you say. I never viewed it that way, probably because I had some bias there. But I don't know if you saw, I tweeted out earlier today and said that it, I'm convinced that Robert Sala's number one priority as a head coach is to be liked. Like he, he you know, we've talked about it. Guys guys commit penalties and they get an attaboy on the way off the field. Um, we got to listen to Joe Beningo talk about how Sala's calling him to talk to him for a half hour to, to make sure they're still friends after uh, Beningo does what he does. Um, and now Keith Carter gets to hang around for another year despite the job he did. The only coach he ever really fired was LaFleur, which was reportedly and very believably under the orders of Woody Johnson. So Robert Sala spends a lot of time, and and I don't, you know, I remember when he was hired, and I remember thinking he came across that way, but I thought, you know what, maybe behind closed doors is where he tears into guys and lets them have it, and I don't think that anymore. I think he just wants to be everybody's buddy, he doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. He doesn't want to yell at anybody. He doesn't want to fire anybody. Um, so, and I'm trying to, like, I can't think of a successful NFL head coach who had a policy of, like, don't ever offend anyone. And that's kind of where the Jets are with Robert Sala. Hard to believe they're going to run it back again with, with this staff after what they just did. And, you know, I get that they're, you know, the Jets, they had the injuries and there are talent deficiencies. But as I, you know, I always say, are you getting the most out of your players? And Robert Sala doesn't. 
you know, and I, I'm still pulling my hair out over this. Nathaniel Hackett saying he realized by week eight that Brees Hall was good. I'm like, <laughs> that could Robert Sala not have, like, I get it. You're the defensive side of the ball, but could you have not approached him and said, hey, uh, Nate, I don't know if you've watched any film from Brees in college and, and last year with us, but you know we can catch the ball and make plays with it in his hands, right? That clearly was never done. They left it up to Nate Hackett to figure it out on his own. And between camp and offseason, you know, it took him a good five months. But eventually he realized Brees Hall is good. And this is – so to me, you're not – it was a bad season, but made worse by the coaching that really failed to get the most out of their players. And to hear Salah, you know, all these pressers are, this, you know, 99% the same. Everyone loves everyone. Everyone wants everyone back. Everyone wants everyone to get paid. Everyone – but really, Salah with the platitudes, I've kind of I'm at the point I've had enough. I'm out on him, just because I, I can't I can't take the 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 kindness anymore, and I can't think of a coach who's won with that mentality before. Like the, you know, for, for people like you and me, Scott, who in our age group who grew up in New York, and you know, even though we're Jets fans, you saw the Giants. You see the way Bill Parcells interacted with his players, and compare that to Robert Sala, and it's just so night and day that I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Um, I think he just wants to be liked. He doesn't want to fire anybody. So we get the same bad group next year that we had this year. Wanting to be liked by everybody and being a nice guy is a great quality to have as a human being. But as a coach, sometimes you need to kick a little butt and sometimes you got to be the bad guy. Robert Sala doesn't seem to want to be that. The same problem with Rex Ryan. And if you ever read Collision Low Crossers, Glenn, I know you've read that book. I finished reading that book and it made me like Rex Ryan more as a person, but less as a coach. And that's sort of how I feel about Robert Sala now. We're going to get into the players and what they had to say in a bit. But first, we talked about Robert Sala. Now let's talk about the man he directly reports to, the general manager, Joe Douglas. On whether or not he's open to trading Zach Wilson this offseason, quote, if the phone rings, I'm always going to pick it up. Zach Wilson will be traded. I don't know what the Jets are going to be able to get for him. Probably won't be much, but he will not be here next year. That report in Deseret News a couple of months ago was 100% correct. We all know that now. Zach Wilson will not be a member of the Jets. And there was a quote from Aaron Rodgers that points in that direction too, which we'll get to in a little bit. Douglas said they haven't finalized positional needs yet, but there's, quote, a high probability they will be in the market for a veteran backup. Everybody knew that too. It's not rocket science. After what just happened this season, they had to know that the approach had to be changed. And quite frankly, they don't have the kind of leeway now that they had last season. If Aaron Rodgers goes down again this year, they saw that happen this year and they have no excuse to not be prepared for it. So obviously Jets are going to be in the market for the best veteran backup they can get. Douglas on whether 2024 is playoffs or bust for him. We need to win. My record, which by the way is 27 and 56, is not good enough. I know that. Well, essentially, he's saying the same thing that Robert Salas said about it being a results-based business, but he did dodge the playoff mandate part of this. However, he is sort of, if you read between the lines, acknowledging that if they don't win in 2024, he expects to be shown the door, or at least that's what it felt like to me from the comment. Douglas said that signing Dalvin Cook enabled the Jets to have a great insurance plan in place. We talked about this when it happened, Glenn, and I don't really want to get into it again. I understood the philosophy there that they thought Brees Hall was going to take longer to get ready than he ended up having to. He was good right away, pretty much. And they thought Dalvin Cook could be like what LaDainian Tomlinson was in 2010. 
a really good running back on his last legs who could probably give you four to six good games before the wheels fell off and then you turn it over to Hall. Unfortunately, he didn't even have four to six good games in him. Fortunately for the Jets, Brees Hall was ready than anybody anticipated. However, we also know that the biggest reason that Dalvin Cook was brought in here is because that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted. Douglas said he has no doubt that Robert Sala is the right man for the job. He better hope so, because if Sala underperforms and Douglas doesn't give him the roster that's needed to win in 2024, I think we can all pretty much see what's on the horizon for those two guys, and it's nothing positive. So, Glenn, your thoughts on Joe Douglas's comments here following Robert Sala, who spoke in the morning. It was Douglas in the afternoon. The two things that jumped out at me, I I just did my show and I said one. And then while I was talking, I mentioned another. So uh, the first thing was, you know, and I get you don't have a lot of options, but he did seem to take accountability. Um, He didn't you know, he he didn't make excuses. He just said, look, we did this and it didn't work. You know, that was a bad job on, you know, the backup quarterback thing. He was asked about the Will McDonald thing. You know, you were criticized for not taking a receiver or offensive lineman. He said, you know what? That's fair. Um, We wanted depth there. But, you know, he got that. You know, of course, he defends it and says McDonald's arrow is pointing up, which I wholly agree with. Um, mm-hmm. But Douglas seemed to take some accountability on some stuff. The other thing that jumped out at me, only because, you know, we've talked about this, Scott. These pressers are so – they're almost scripted. They practically are scripted because um, they know – they have a really good idea what they're going to be asked when they go out there. Um, But I look for things that guys volunteer that they're not specifically asked. And uh, the one thing I noticed at Douglas, when he was asked about Bryce Huff – as you expect, he said, you know, Bryce is one of a lot of guys we want back. But the, the two guys he named um, were Ashton Davis and Makai Becton. He was like, you know, just like Ashton and Makai, like we want a lot of these guys back. So, you know, might mean something, might mean nothing. Um, but like I said, I look for the voluntary stuff that, that reporters aren't asking for because you didn't have to name anyone. And you chose to, and those are the names you gave. Um, but like I said, there was some accountability there. The Dalvin Cook thing, I was, you know... My position early on was sure. If you think you can play, go get him. But as the, as the as time dragged on, and I actually um, did an article. Of course, uh, typically the night before they signed him, I wrote an article saying it's time for the Jets to walk away. They don't need this guy. Um, and then they go out and sign him. I, I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers had to do with that. We saw him, you know, palling around with Dalvin Cook at camp. I can't remember if it was one Jets driver, Hard Knocks. But Aaron Rodgers was clearly a fan of bringing him in. So one of one of five guys that came in where Aaron Rodgers played a role, and um, all of them were bad. So obviously that didn't help the Jets a great deal this year. So I liked that he took accountability. I thought it was interesting that he mentioned Davis and Becton. And, um, and of course, with the Zach Wilson thing, that's going to be one of the questions of the offseason because we've seen Joe Douglas – excuse me. <clears throat> we've seen Joe Douglas win so many trades – that it's like, what what does a Zach Wilson win look like? Because a lot of people say he doesn't even belong in the NFL. So if you get anything for him, that's a win if you view him that way. But can can you convince a team to give you a four for Zach Wilson? You know, that's that's part of the shame of him getting hurt when he did. He had that great game against the Texans, as Robert Sala said after the game. And I don't think Sala was far off. He said he thought that was Wilson's best game as a pro. Had he followed that up with two, three, four more strong performances... We might be talking about the Jets getting, you know, a premium pick, a top 100 pick for Zach Wilson. Um, as it turns out, he gets the concussion, so now there's very little to go off of. So it's going to be interesting to see what he gets for Zach. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
Let's talk about what the players said. Elijah Vera Tucker turned some heads. He said that he didn't have a traditional Achilles injury. The tear was higher in his calf than the usual spot. Said the doctors have not yet discussed his potential week one availability. Glenn, if Elijah Vera Tucker can't go week one, this team is in even worse trouble than we thought as far as the offensive line goes. They are going to need to get a damn good insurance policy for Elijah Vera Tucker wherever it is they slot him into play because Robert Sala did say that he would like to settle in on one position for Elijah Vera Tucker. They haven't decided which one yet, but they would like to settle in on one. Whichever one that turns out to be, they better have a damn good insurance policy. He said he's happy the Jets aren't playing in Denver next year where he had two season-ending injuries and joked, if I was asked to play in Denver, I would have to tell Joe Douglas that I am not playing in that game. I think we would all understand if he actually did do that. Tyler Conklin won the Eskenazi Award, which is given yearly to the Jets media good guy, or I guess the guy that's easiest to deal with by the media. It's named after longtime New York Times Jets writer Gerald Eskenazi, who was phenomenal at his job. I've gone back and used his work as reference material for a ton of stuff that I've worked on. And also he wrote a book. I can't remember what it's called, but it has a ton of stories from his days on the Jets beat. I can't think of the title right now, but if you Google his name or go to Amazon and put his name in, you'll find the book. If you're a Jets fan, and I would say if you're listening to this podcast, there's at least a 99% chance that you are. I would highly recommend you checking out that book. CJ Mosley spoke. And the most important thing that he said was stay Bryce stay. So I guess he wants, Bryce Huff to stay. I'm not a genius, Glenn, but that's at least what it seemed like he was trying to say by chanting that. We also heard from Aaron Rodgers, who Robert Sellis said still has all kinds of energy and arm talent. He said that in order for the Jets to turn things around, next year they have to flush the BS, meaning eliminate everything that is not directly involved in winning. Said he considers 2023 a lost year for him, but looks forward to leading a turnaround in 2024. Did note that the offensive line and the receiver positions need to be addressed. Of course, again, that could be a tight end. They need passing game weapons. But if Aaron Rodgers is standing up there telling you that the offensive line and wide receivers are top priority, that's what's going to be top priority. You can bank on that. Garrett Wilson spoke, and boy, did he seem frustrated. He said, what happened this season can't happen again. It's got to be better. We've got to make adjustments in the game. We've got to do things to counter what we're getting and be able to put points on the board. Because honestly, in the two years I've been here, it's been tough going. Football hasn't been this hard as far as offense. I watch it on the sideline, and it doesn't look that hard for the other team. He's not wrong about that. We've got to figure something out to get it rolling, no matter who's slinging it. I know Aaron will be an offense in and of himself because that's just what he brings to the table. He's special. I pray that everyone in the world gets to see that next year. But yeah, what happened this year cannot happen again. Remember, I've said this many times. Jamal Adams, a big part of the reason he got so frustrated here is because he was so used to winning everywhere he went that when he came to the Jets and he started to lose, it got to him. I'm not saying Garrett Wilson is going to be like that, but remember, Garrett Wilson is used to winning everywhere that he goes. He won in prep school, he won in college, and now he's with the Jets. And not only are they not winning, but they're not scoring any points. So it's got to be very difficult for him. Getting back to Aaron Rodgers for a second, he was asked about Zach Wilson, and this is what I alluded to before, Glenn. He said, I love Zach, and I want what's best for him. If he wants to be here, and if that's what he feels is best for him, I'd love to have that relationship continue for another year. 
but sometimes a change of scenery, as I know, can be a breath of fresh air. Sometimes it's good to be able to get a new start elsewhere. Again, Zach Wilson is going to be traded in the offseason. Where and for how much, I don't know. But based on what you just heard from Joe Douglas and Aaron Rodgers and the reports we already had, you can pretty much take it to the bank. Sauce Gardner talked. He said, we really lost track of some things this season. Mentioned the Rodgers injury. Implied that the Jets may have gotten lost in the hype a little bit with hard knocks and said that some of that stuff could have been possible distractions. Jermaine Johnson showed up and talked about his breakout season. And one guy that certainly helped Jermaine Johnson with his breakout season was Quentin Jefferson because the guys up front were getting some pressure, which helped out the edge rushers. Quentin Jefferson had a career-high six sacks in only 14 games this year before he got hurt. Said he's on the men from recent surgery to repair two groin tears. That sounds incredibly painful. And that while he's a pending free agent, he'll be ready to go in advance of training camp wherever he ends up being. You would hope that he ends up back here. He did very well in the scheme, a productive player. Jets could use him back. I guess it would just come down to money. But if he's going to be medically cleared, you'd like to see Quentin Jefferson back in 2024. So, Glenn, your thoughts on all the comments by the players on this day after the end of the season media session. I think the thing that that, uh, the biggest thing to me was the AVT thing saying they haven't, they're not 100% sure he'll be back by week one. Um, Given the amount of time he was going to have from the time the injury occurred, having an entire offseason, I think a lot of people assumed that he'd be, you know, he'd be ready. You know, he may not be himself, quote unquote, but that he would be ready to play. So the fact that that hasn't even been discussed yet um, really jumped out at me because, you know, we've talked about, how just how much can the Jets rely on him going into next year? You almost have to treat it as if you don't have him, whether you have him or not, because these are two major injuries that cost him huge chunks of time two years in a row. When you have a guy like that, you can't go into a season 100% relying on him. We just saw it with Makai Becton, who managed to play 15 games, but we said in the offseason, they better have another plan at tackle. Now, me, I thought, you know, as I said, I thought if if plan A is we plug an AVT at tackle, I was fine with that. But then he gets hurt. So, but yeah, the, the AVT thing not being ready scared me a little bit. Um, CJ Mosley on Bryce saying, come back. Listen, I, I don't think he's going to be back. I, just, I don't. I think the Jets, they, they need more draft picks. They don't have a lot of assets that they can deal for draft picks. And as good as Bryce is, they at least have some fallback. You increase McDonald's reps. You got JJ coming, you know, having the year he had. I think they feel like, or at least I feel like looking at them, that's the one spot they have something of value that they may not have a tremendous drop off if he goes and may even get better. Um, you know, McDonald, I think is, I don't think Brees is as bad against the run or sorry, Bryce, uh, that I think I've been saying Brees this whole time. Um, <laughs> I think Bryce is better against the run than he gets credit for, but I think McDonald is better against the run than he is. Um, as far as Garrett Wilson, listen, it's that frustration. And it's it's part of the reason that I worry, Scott, that these, you know, this 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 superstar draft class that we love so much, JJ and Sauce and Garrett, I'm not convinced that some of the at least one or two of those guys won't be looking for a new deal after this after next season. Because after year three is when a first rounder can request a new deal. And all three of them have reasons to do it. You know, Sauce can make the case, I'm the face of the franchise, I'm way underpaid. Jermaine Johnson is older than most guys on their first deal, so he's going to want a, a big deal quicker than anyone before he gets up to an age where he starts to decline. You know, b- being an older rookie means you're probably going to decline faster. And if you've got a very frustrated Garrett Wilson, he could easily say, 
look, if I'm going to keep putting up with all this losing, um, I either want out or or I'm going to want a new contract. So him being fed up is completely justifiable, and it uh, it raises some red flags, at least for me. And um, Sauce Gardner, that was probably the only comment of the day I didn't like was was saying that maybe the cameras were a distraction, like, and maybe they were, but. That you know, fans don't want to hear that stuff. You know, you know, maybe part of the reason we struggled this year is because there was a lot of cameras around. Of course, referencing hard knocks. Um, but really, you know, the, these are young, great players who are frustrated because you know they, they've had two very bad seasons from a team perspective since being drafted after having a lot of success in college. So you got to hope that they, um, the team turns it around. There's the, Joe Douglas. Obviously, had this is a huge off season for him, and he needs to draft some offensive linemen that can stay healthy. You know, when I look at these picks and I, I have these conversations about, you know, the, the lineman he's drafted, I think pre-injury Beckton, no one had any complaints. He looked like he was going to be all world. Pre-injury AVT, we were all putting him, you know, saying he's a future all-pro. And Tipman, like, if if you had these three guys playing 14, 15 games, there's a whole different story this season. So Joe D needs to draft somebody that stays on the damn field. Glenn Naughton, editor, JetNation.com. Thanks so much for coming on. And breaking down the Jets' day after the season press conference with me. Really appreciate it. A lot going on today with Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, and a bunch of the players. That AVT news, as you said, very distressing. So we have to hope that as time goes on, we get better news as it pertains to his injury. Really appreciate you joining me. Make sure you check out everything that Glenn is doing over at JetNation.com. And check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com. In addition to giving us a five-star review on iTunes, if you haven't done that already, because it helps us out a lot and it doesn't take you much time. It costs you zero, but it helps us out a ton. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.